Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. It's so good to be with you, church. We've had a family, well, it was a bit of a holiday, a bit of a mission trip a couple of weeks ago in Sri Lanka, and we got to visit churches, connect with our family and our friends. But you know what? There's nothing like home. So it's so good to be back with you, 5 p.m. service. I missed you, because you know what? You get to experience church overseas, and it's fantastic because you get to see it from a different angle. But there is nothing like home, and worshipping with your family is there. I love it. Anyway, enough about my trip. Tonight, we are continuing the series on the book of John about when I'm gone, and I've got the privilege to share about um, when Jesus promises the Holy Spirit in John 14, verse 15. And this morning, if you missed this morning, I want to encourage you to grab I'm going to say grab it online, but grab it on the website because Fraser shared brilliantly, didn't he, Annette? She's like, yeah, he did. He nailed it this morning. So make sure um, you tune into that. But before I start, I actually just want to pray. So I just thank you, Holy Spirit. I thank you, God, that it's not my words, Lord, but it's your words. And I pray for everyone sitting here tonight, God, that they would open their arms, they would open their hearts and receive what you want to speak to them through my words tonight, Father God, through your words, Holy Spirit. We just ask, Holy Spirit, you'd have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And before we look at the passage of Scripture, I actually thought it's really important for us to look at who the Holy Spirit is, because Jesus is promising the Holy Spirit. So I want to do a quick 101 on the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is God, okay? He is co-equal with the Father and the Son. He's the third person in the Trinity, He is fully divine. He isn't just an influence or power, but he actually has personal, individual characteristics, okay? And some of them are going to come on the screen. He is called God. And you can look these up, all right? Here's a little bit of homework for you guys. I'm going to have a few scriptures. You've got to go, is Brooke telling the truth, okay? You've got to look up these verses. So he is called God. So that's in Acts 5, verse 4. He is called Lord in 2 Corinthians 3, verse 18. And do you know what? He even has divine attributes. In John 14, 26, the Spirit has all knowledge. So he's omnipres- omniscient. Oh my goodness, yes, I said that right, thank goodness. I've been practicing these this afternoon, just so you know, okay? Psalm 139, verse 7 to 8, the Spirit is everywhere. He's omnipresent. Zechariah 4, verse 6, the Spirit has all power. He's omnipotence. Okay, in Hebrews 9, verse 14, this spirit is eternal. How incredible is the Holy Spirit? He's all-knowing. He is everywhere. He is eternal. He is God. And do you know what? If we didn't have the Holy Spirit, we actually wouldn't have the Bible, would we? We wouldn't have faith. We wouldn't have the holiness. There'd be no new birth. And we actually, we wouldn't have there would be no Christians in the world. So it's really important for us to acknowledge the Holy Spirit and know that he is God. So let us start reading. Let's get into it, okay? So John 14, verse 15 to 18. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. 
And first, I want to look at the word advocate, okay? So in the NIV, advocate is in there. But in the New King James, instead of advocate, the word is counsellor, okay? And in the Greek, that translates to parakletos, okay? And the meaning of that is one who is called alongside, to come alongside you. And in the Gospel of John, John actually talks about the parakletos being the Holy Spirit coming alongside four times in the um, discourse of Jesus' farewell to the disciples. It's in John 14, which we just read, verse 16 to 17. It's in John 14, verse 26. It's in John 15, 26. It's in John 16, 17. So you can look those up. And the other time that he refers to uh, the parakletos is in 1 John 2, verse 2, where Jesus actually serves as a parakletos. So he serves as a counsellor. He serves as a helper, as an advocate. He's advocating in the court of heaven with the Father on the sinner's behalf. So isn't that incredible? He's, he's telling the disciples four times, reminding them, I'm going to send somebody in, my, in, my, um, in place of me. I've come alongside of you. I've been the parakletos that you've known, that you physically have seen for three years. But when I'm gone, I'm going to send someone that's far greater than I am that I'm actually going to dwell in you. The Holy Spirit is going to dwell in you. Because that's the difference. So in the Old Testament, there was the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit wasn't in... They didn't get to experience the fullness of the Holy Spirit, right? Because the Holy Spirit would only go on people for a specific task or a purpose. And it would only be on like priests or prophets or kings or workers in the kingdom just for that specific thing. They didn't get to experience the full indwelling of the Holy Spirit, which the disciples are going to experience soon, which we actually get to experience today. They didn't get that. Imagine living in the Old Testament. I think I'd feel a little bit ripped off going, hey, what about me? I want the presence of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) But It's so good that we get that. And he's promising his disciples that you're not going to be left alone. You're not going to be orphans because the advocate, the parakletos, the Holy Spirit is going to comfort you and be with you. And that last little bit where it says, I come to you, that is a reference to the day of Pentecost. Because the disciples, they have no idea yet that the day of Pentecost is going to happen. They're, you know, sitting with Jesus in the upper room, having this discussion And they've got to embrace what's going to happen. They're going to be in shock what's going to happen. But on the day in Pentecost, in Acts 2 verse 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So there's the promise. There's the promise in Acts that Jesus was telling them that I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And they got to experience that. Can you imagine being in that room? Oh, my goodness. And from that, the multiplication of believers, 3,000 hundreds of thousands, the gospel getting spread out to the world, the incredible um, power of the Holy Spirit. And we have that in you. You have that incredible power in you. But when I was reading this passage of scripture, a few things kept coming out to me. The word obey and the word love him. In verse 15, it says, if you love me, keep my commands. 
In verse 21, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching in verse 23. Wow. I... For, the, um, for Jesus to keep repeating that to his disciples, if you love me, keep my commands, if um, obey my teaching. And I just thought, wow, the disciples are like us, aren't they? It took him a few times to keep saying, if you love me, listen to me, obey my teaching. I'm like that with my kids. They'll drop a bit of thing on the, f- I'm like, pick up your clothes, walk to the next room. I'm like, can you pick up your clothes? I have to say it like three times. I reckon Jesus would have been like that with the disciples. Like, excuse me, are you listening to me? It's like someone tells you something and it just, what? What was that again? <laughs> so he's saying, if you love me, keep my commands, follow me. So it's so important for us as believers, because we are disciples, disciples and followers of Jesus, to follow his word, to follow what the Holy Spirit's saying to your church. So important. And in Matthew 22, Verse 37, it's the first commandment, isn't it? It's love the Lord. Love the Lord with all your heart and soul and mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is love the neighbor. Love your neighbor as yourself. And let's have a look now at John 14, verse 22 to 24. It says, then Judas, not Judas Iscariot said, but Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not the world? Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them. And we, will, oh, and we will come to them and make a home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father. So if, if they don't love Jesus, they don't have the opportunity of having the Holy Spirit living in them. So he's not going to show himself, just like he doesn't show himself to the world. Like for me, my family aren't Christians, so they don't get to experience like my extended family aren't Christians obviously Nathan is are you Nathan I hope so um (laughs) so they don't get to experience that fullness of the Holy Spirit it's other than a message when their world's falling apart um Brooke can you just pray for me like I'm not coping so one day I do pray that they will get to experience the fullness of the Holy Spirit the fullness that they can walk in but they don't know that yet they don't know what's offer for them okay and I love this verse in verse John 14 25 to 27 He says, all this I have spoken while you're still with me. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything. Who knows that we need reminding? We need prompting of the Holy Spirit. We need that reminding. And then he says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give um, give to this world, but do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And actually, when Fraser spoke this morning, that was the first verse that chapter 14, verse 1 starts with. Do not let your hearts be troubled. And it's ending in that little part there. Do not let your hearts be troubled. I think Jesus knows, right, that we are going to have troubled hearts, that the disciples were troubled. They were frightened. They were scared. Like, he was going. And he keeps reminding them, I'm going, but, but I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And do you know what? It's not the peace that the world offers. It's a different peace that the Holy Spirit offers. And do you know what my daughter, when she has a photo, she goes, peace, like this. It's not that kind of peace that the world offers. It's a supernatural peace that the Holy Spirit offers. And only he can comfort you. And I'm going to put a little clip up in a moment. It's going to come on the screen of our little safari moment. I'm going to share with you about my peace moment when it comes up.
So there's no audio, but how incredible are those amazing elephants? We got to go on a safari in Sri Lanka, and I'm praying that we see elephants because there's sometimes that I've heard you don't get to see an elephant. So I'm like, we had friends with us, so I'm like, God, I pray that we see elephants. Next thing, we're in the Jeep, we're you know, down near a watering hole, there's an incredible amount of elephants. Then all of a sudden, this little elephant comes really close to the Jeep. He's busy picking up, feeding, eating the grass. The next thing, his trunk goes, and I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And next thing, he starts charging at the Jeep, and I'm like, ah! my heart was troubled. I went into fear. And then I had to stand on this Jeep, and I'm, I'm actually praying, Holy Spirit, please help us. Keep us alive. Give us peace. That was my peace moment I experienced a few, two weeks ago. But I'm like, we all go through moments of fear and letting our hearts be troubled. But he's saying, don't let your heart be troubled. He's overcome the world. He is with you, church, okay? Don't, you don't have to have a moment like Brooke in the back of a Jeep freaking out. The Holy Spirit is with you, okay? And you, those that have peace with God, have peace of God, okay? And the Holy Spirit, He knows. He knows that we need Him. We need Him. He needs to be our comforter. And the last little bit in this um, passage of Scripture in John 14 is verse 28 to 31. It says, You heard me say, I am going away and I'm coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I'm going to the Father. For the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you, for the Prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me, but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come now, let's leave. And here Jesus is telling his disciples again, I'm going. He keeps repeating himself, doesn't he? Okay, in, through all this, I'm going. But this time it was different. He actually said, I'm going and I'm glad. And, you know, Jesus... You know, knew the events that were going to take place. That's why he had to keep telling the disciples. He didn't want to rock their faith. He didn't want to shock them when he was gone. He wanted to equip them to know, I will be gone. Because, oh my goodness, what he's about to endure is pretty full on. And I don't know about you, if I was a disciple watching my teacher, the one that I loved, have to go through that, I know that my faith would be pretty shaky. But Jesus tells them to be glad because he is so excited. Jesus is excited because he's going back to his father. He's going home. He's going home to his dad. And he's actually going home to take his rightful place where he sat before the world began. He was restored. He'd be going back to be restored to full glory with the father so that he could send the advocate. Instead of having Jesus with them, that have the Holy Spirit in them. How incredible is that? And in verse 30, and I might get the um, creative team to come up in a moment. In verse 30, when Jesus talks about the prince of this world coming, it's in reference to Satan. But you know what? Jesus didn't fear Satan. He didn't have to fear him. He had no sin. He had no hold over Jesus. And I reckon Satan probably thought, yeah, I've got this. He's going to die. But he didn't see the fulfillment that was going to come out of Jesus' death. And death on the cross to Jesus it's actually the full obedience and his love of the Father that he went to the cross. Because at the end of that scripture, it says that verse, but when he comes, so that the world may learn that I love my Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. 
It'd be incredible if our kids did exactly what we asked of them. But Jesus did exactly what his father asked of him. He was without sin. He followed those instructions with complete, complete surrender to the father. How beautiful is that? I love that, that he did that in complete surrender to, the, to his father. And the last little bit that says, come now, let us leave, is in reference to the, the disciples leaving the upper room because they'd been up there chatting, listening to Jesus' teaching, and now they're going to start walking out into where John 15 takes place out in the garden, in the vine and the branches. And we'll get to hear that next week. And actually, 5 p.m., you might need to listen online because I think Mark's there. Am I right? Mark's there preaching the vine and the branches next week. So you have to get that one online or come to the 10 a.m. Yay! Or the 8 a.m. Yeah, so good. Um, so do that. But what an amazing scripture passage. The Holy Spirit. I don't know about you, church, but I need the Holy Spirit. And I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful to Jesus that he listened, that he was obedient to the Father, that he went to that cross. And I don't know where you're at tonight, whether or not you can say that Jesus is your Father, that you're in relationship with him. And I want to give you an opportunity and if that's you, you can pop your hands up and I can pray for you tonight. If you would like to say, hey, God, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I want to follow you. I want to live a life in surrender to you, in relationship with you. And I want the Holy Spirit that you're speaking about, Brooke. That's what you, there's so much more, but that's just a little thing. If you'd like me to pray for you tonight, because that's all it is, it's just a prayer. If you'd like me to pray for you tonight, pop your hand up and say, yes, Brooke, include me in that prayer. I want to become a Christian tonight. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. And while your eyes are closed, church, there's a, um, a response that I felt God say. It was that praying for peace. Some of you, your hearts are troubled. You don't have the peace, the supernatural peace of the Holy Spirit that I was talking about. And if that's you tonight, I'd love to pray with you. If you want to pop your hands up, and I'm going to pray because you know what? I need that peace as well in my life. I need that peace that the, only the Holy Spirit can offer. That's it. Thank you, God. We just thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are an incredible God and that we don't have to have our hearts troubled, God, that we can trust you in our day-to-day -day life and whatever circumstances we are going through, Lord God. I just thank you, God, that, that you are greater, God, that, that we can lift our eyes up from our situation that is stressing us out, God, that's stealing our peace, God. And I pray that we can put our eyes heavenward, God, our eyes focused on you, Holy Spirit, that you would intervene, that you would be our advocate, Father God, that you would come alongside us, God, as we walk through these challenges, as we walk through these difficult situations, God, that we would trust in you, God, that we would make you bigger, Lord, and that we would actually listen to you, Lord. We would open our ears and listen and follow where you're directing us, Lord God, and that we would have that incredible peace, God, that supernatural peace, that comfort, Lord. The world can't offer it, God, but you can. So we thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit macroylifechurch.com.au.